Welcome to the Aspiring High Performers Podcast, the show where we embrace both the challenges and the beauty of our high performance journeys and aspirations. I am your host, Sanna Koyanen, a former professional athlete from Finland who is now guiding others to excel through mental performance coaching and breathwork in Denver, Colorado. And together, we are on a mission to achieve greatness without compromising our well-being or happiness anymore. So join me as we connect with experts, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals from the worlds of sports and high performance. We will uncover the stories, tools, and insights needed to craft and improve our own high-performance lifestyles. So get ready, because this journey promises to be both enlightening and enjoyable. Welcome back to another episode of Aspiring High Performers. Today, we have a truly special guest whose journey really embodies the very essence of what it means to push the boundaries of human potential. And I first came across Carly Wopat through a social media post that she had made. And it was shared to me by one of my previous coaches. And then the way that she was putting these amazing themes into, like, let's say, complicated themes into words... And the themes were just resonating with me so much. It was the mix of mindfulness and competitiveness. And it was kind of like echoing this beautiful combination of traits that I also deeply value and strive for. And Carly is not just a phenomenal athlete. She's a person who lives at the intersection of intense physicality and profound inner awareness, as you will notice soon, as a professional volleyball player and a firefighter she has continually demonstrated what it means to operate at the highest levels of performance and her journey is marked by an incredible balance of mental fortitude and physical strength a combination that just inspires me so much but carly's story doesn't actually end here so since recording this episode on instagram she has started a new challenge competing in various fitness competitions pushing her physical abilities to the limits And for me, it is just mesmerizing to watch because that relentless pursuit of excellence and seeing her push through all pain and discomfort for kind of extended periods of time, tapping into that deeper reservoir of strength and determination and just like, how is she able to do it is something that I am so interested about. And so today's episodes, we are diving into Carly's world and we're exploring her thoughts on life, her firefighting career, her relentless pursuit of excellence and what drives her to continually seek the edges of her capability and potential. How does she develop a mentality that not only endures but thrives under extreme physical and mental challenges? And Carly's insights are not just for athletes but for anyone who aspires to reach beyond their perceived limits. So... Without further ado, let's delve into this conversation with Carly Wobat, ladies and gentlemen, a true embodiment of high performance in every sense of the world. Enjoy. And so if there are now some people who like wonder who you are, what do you do, then how would you describe yourself? Um, That's a challenging thing for me because I'm yeah. a lot of stuff. Uh, but first and foremost, I'm a professional volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing professionally for eight years now. I did four years indoor with the indoor national team and overseas. And then I switched to professional beach volleyball. And that is currently what I am training for and competing in. Uh, but I also, I'm a firefighter. So I got uh, my firefighter certifications and got hired by a fire department uh, a lot of this happened during COVID because it kind of presented the perfect opportunity for me to dive into that. Uh, but I realized through the process uh, that in my mind, I was like, okay, I can do both careers at the same time, firefighting and volleyball. Uh, I realized it's not quite possible, especially because I still have Olympic aspirations and I really want to achieve um, the highest level and uh, just give my best in everything I'm doing. So there, there's no way I could do that both in fire and in volleyball at the same time. So right now I'm back to focusing on beach volleyball. And then 
when I'm done, I'll go back to fire. That is my plan. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, and that's a lot already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so did you always know that you want to be a professional level player? Was that some kind of aspiration that you had like as a young player already? Or how did you, you know, end up becoming a professional? I think I always knew I was very athletic as a kid and I just loved being active and playing sports. Um, and then around the age of 15 and 16, I was still playing multiple sports. I was playing basketball, track and field, volleyball, but I realized uh, just how good I could potentially be in volleyball. And I think it's there where I also found true passion. So at that point, I could just see uh, my timeline kind of laid out in front of me and also college opportunities started coming my way. So that just sort of fell in line. And the more I've traveled and navigated down this uh, volleyball road, um, the more I've realized just what I'm capable of. Um, in college, I, I started to realize that there's a professional career ahead of me and I got invited to train with the national team and I'm like, oh, well, this is now on the table too. So it just kept expanding and opening up, um, different possibilities and opportunities. So, yeah. yeah. And th that is interesting because I, I do like hearing from the different aspects of like, how do people usually come professionals? Because I think a lot of time it might be thinking that it's not necessarily a possibility for them. But then hearing all the other ways that we can actually end up there. And that, and then at the same time, for some people, it can be like, I knew it when I was seven. I said that. And then I became as well. Yeah, I don't think I knew it when I was young. I just knew it. I knew I was going to do something with my athleticism. Yeah. But... I don't know if I, I could have said, like, I'm going to be a professional beach volleyball player or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, so once you were kind of, like, growing and then you got to that professional level, mm -hmm. um, how did you get to that, like, best level of performance so far? I know there's still always room to go, but what has helped you? Because you also played indoor in Stanford, which is amazing. And also the countries that you played in were, like, at the top of the world. Mm -hmm. So... Already that level is something that I'm interested in. Like, how did your mind work there that you were able to get the best out of yourself in those times? Um, I think it's part of it is uh, genetics. So <laughs> yeah. my parents uh, gave me some great athletic genes. And then I've always just had a very strong innate drive. Um, and I give 100% effort in everything I'm doing so I remember in college playing and just every practice every session in the weight room it was with full intensity um full intention and effort and I think over time coming in with uh with that intensity and also with mindfulness I, you're just going to continue growing and developing and progressing. So I think definitely my mindset and just my tenacity. And I also am like super competitive. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just like to, I like to win, but even more than that, I love to, um, see what I'm capable of. And so every competition I feel like is a chance. It's like a test for me to go out there and, um, show up fully and see what I'm truly able to, to do on the court. And that just like excites me like no other pretty much. So, um, I think over time, over years, um, I learned more and more. It definitely was a progression, especially like, for example, with uh, weight room training, um, I'm like kind of a, a sports performance nerd. So yeah. 
I studied a lot of it. Um, and then I'd go into my workouts and be like, okay, and play around with different things. I learned a lot from different trainers uh, with Stanford, the national team overseas. And so I just kind of like took all of this knowledge and built upon it year after year after year. Um, and then I could, uh, I, I can at this point just use all of it uh, on myself. No, same thing with nutrition, um, experimented, learned, and just, it's just progressed over the years. Uh, yeah. And were you able to use all of, like you mentioned, like your competitiveness and tenacity and kind of like your inner ability right away to go for something that you want to see, like how, how far you can basically go. Was that something you were able to use in all of those countries and like environments they were playing in? Or was there some part of you that you needed to kind of like adjust culturally or just like, I think U.S. national team, Stanford, Japan, Turkey, they're just kind of different yeah, from looking at from this side. So how were you able to also excel in those different environments? Um, well, yes, like you kind of nailed it. The What was so different was the environments. Um, and so they all posed different challenges. Um, the indoor national team was amazing because we had great coaches, great resources, um, an excellent support system. So there was a lot of little pieces that were taken care of. And as athletes, we could just show up every day and go out there on the court and focus on learning and performing and doing our jobs. Um, and then we'd go into the gym and we would have program lifting programs and everything. So, um, but it was also very competitive. So there's a different level of pressure in that, on that sense. Like you had to show up every day and earn your right to be there or else you could be cut basically. Yeah. So, um, that, so that in itself posed different challenges. And then living overseas um, was one of the toughest experiences, I think. It's, I don't think a lot of um, people understand just how tough it can be for professional athletes because you're basically emerging yourself in an entirely different culture, a new language. Um, you don't know how to like go to the grocery store or fill up your gas and or you're driving on the opposite side of the road um just uh, there's so many different things um and then on top of that uh you're expected to show up every day and train and compete um and a lot of times there weren't the best resources so it could be hard just to get like a bag of ice to ice your knee um so yeah they were they were different but i think uh they eat i don't know with all the differences and challenges that's where i really found a lot of growth because you you have to figure out how to deal with it and how to still yeah. uh continue showing up as your best self and perform uh, yeah yeah so true and then you mentioned also mindfulness was that something that was all or when did mindfulness come into your life let's ask that way oh that, that's a hard question to answer I think in college I started journaling a little bit I also uh, I've always had sort of a creative mind, so I would write a lot of poetry <laughs> and I took like film photography and uh, painting and sculpture classes at Stanford. I almost minored in art. My major was human biology. Okay. Um, so I was always very in tune with my uh, internal self and my thoughts and uh, emotions and um I think it was really fun for me to find ways to express them. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I went overseas, I started journaling a little bit more because uh, 
it was tough. And you're kind of like alone with yourself and your own thoughts a lot of the time. Yeah. Not like write roll, write them down. Um, and now I think it was 2017 or 2018. Uh, I started writing every single day. So I actually have like notebooks on notebooks. It's kind of um, just full of uh, journal entries. Uh, a lot of it is like thoughts and ideas, uh, dreams, aspirations, anything that sort of comes to me. Um, and I realized that through the process of writing it out, uh, a lot of the times I'll find clarity and reach it. Yeah. Absolutely same for <laughs> absolutely same, right? I don't, a lot of stuff I've aired on Instagram, I actually wrote down previously in in one of those books. Like this is, I think something worth sharing. Yeah, and then you mentioned also that you have this like um, that you were very aware of your like inner emotions and all of that. Do you think that has been hard for you to navigate with that kind of quality, or has been? more of an advantage oh my gosh there's been times where it's been extremely difficult um yes it's it can be hard it can be really hard i think some what is the phrase um like ignorance is bliss yeah 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 so i think the moment you realize like wow my my thoughts are pretty much like the center of everything. I was like, oh my God, anything I think yeah. is like my reality. And then I was just like, I'm afraid to think. <laughs> but also I was like, okay, I'm not my thoughts. I can like have thoughts, but then those don't necessarily have to be true. So I think it just takes, again, it, it's a process and but there's times where it is actually it was terrifying for me I think having like awareness and you can kind of go down rabbit holes um and but now I'm able to kind of have dual perspectives so I can go deep but then also be remaining at the surface and kind of watching and then pull back so um yeah beautiful then what would you say, because I know there's a lot of athletes who are probably the same way, but it's not something that we ever actually talk about as much in sports. I feel like this, um, I don't know what you call it, like internal awareness maybe, um, is something that is making sports very challenging for people who have that quality. Would you have any like advice or tips like for those younger athletes, like how to navigate through that? How would you start making sense of it so that the deepness of their minds wouldn't necessarily cost them the performance or happiness. Um, the question is like, how would I, what, what advice would I give to athletes? Who might have the same quality of like the internal awareness, oh, the ability to just, you know, go deep. Um, I would say when it comes there's time to like in training there's times to um try things and think and go deep basically but when it comes competition you have to shut it all off yeah and you go out there and you trust trust that you're ready and you've done all the work and it's just go time um when i'm competing uh i don't have any thoughts other than ball pretty much I'm just like zoned in on the ball I know my body already knows everything I have to do I've done all the training I've done all the work I've done all the practice um <clears throat> now it's time to just compete and uh I'll even just like hype myself up I'll go back to the service line and be like I'm gonna ace this or I'll be like I'm the best volleyball player in the world and it's like yeah yeah, you just, you hype yourself up, um, but that's not the time to um, analyze and uh, have a second level of awareness. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And so where are you right now with beach volleyball? Like I know that was kind of like your indoor part of it, indoor part of your life. And then you switched to beach volleyball. So what made you to make that transition? Um, so it's actually kind of a funny story. But I was surfing in Hawaii. I was visiting one of my younger brothers there. And I tore my left MCL um, surfing. Uh, so I came back into the USA gym and rehabbed the whole summer. But I missed basically the opportunity to go overseas. So I was sitting in Hermosa Beach, which was where I was living, looking at these nine months that I would normally be overseas competing, and I had no idea what to do. I was like, oh my God, I can't just sit here and do nothing. So I was like, I'll play beach volleyball. It's like lower impact. Um, I can still keep working on my volleyball skills. I think it would be perfect for uh, just getting better at indoor. And I even talked to Card Cry with my uh, national team coach. I was like, I'm going to play some beach volleyball. And he was super supportive of it. Um, but I ended up falling in love with beach volleyball and made the switch. <laughs> um, yeah. I just realized I progressed really quickly. I got picked up by some Brazilian coaches who were out on the beach coaching at that time. And uh, it was a really hard decision for me actually, because I I knew at some point I was going to make the switch from indoor to beach volleyball. Mm -hmm. I grew up playing some beach volleyball and I've always loved it, but it was way sooner than I had anticipated. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy, happy with my decision and I absolutely loved playing beach volleyball. So. Yeah, it is. What's the um, transition hard for you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was. Um, I immediately, I partnered up with Brittany Hojavar, who's an awesome defender and was basically baptized by fire because I immediately started competing in these AVP main draws and FIBB tour stops. Um, and I just hadn't had the time to establish a really strong beach volleyball foundation. I was still playing like an indoor player, which can work um, because a lot of indoor players come to the beach with uh, more power and um, just different looks than players who only grow up playing beach volleyball. So I had a lot of strengths, um, but I also had a lot of weaknesses. And uh, I think part of me expected the transition to be faster so I was a little heartbroken um yeah. but I realized that like anything it's just gonna take time and you have to put in put in the work not for like one year but multiple years yeah. so now I feel like I'm 30 years old and I'm looking ahead and I'm anticipating peaking in like my mid-30s for beach club Okay. Where do you get the patience for that? Because it's super hard to have, like knowing that in a short term, you're going to maybe struggle a little bit, but then keeping your eyes on the long-term goals. How are you capable of doing that? Um, initially, I wasn't the best at it. <laughs> I think I was, at that point in time, very like passion-driven. And I wanted things to happen right away. Uh, so then when they didn't, um, I quite, I would question everything. I'd be like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this or maybe I'm not, am I learning? Am I getting better? Um, but I, once I realized that it's not, that it's basically uh, a game of uh, resilience, I guess. You just hear they come back over and over and over again, especially beach volleyball, um, because it's just it's a challenging sport. There's a lot, not a lot of money in it. Um, not a whole lot 
of opportunity. Uh, so I think it's easy for players to get discouraged and then uh, give up, basically. Yeah. Um, but the the players who end up succeeding and making it all the way to the top, I think they're just the ones who simply continue to come back over and over again and trust that eventually they were going to get there. Um, so it's a game of time for sure. Um, and for me, patience is something I definitely have had to work on because I do. I also have like a lot of self-belief and I'm like, I can do this. Um, but anything takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, so <clears throat> once I was able to embrace that and then uh, take a lot of joy and just like the baby steps and the little bits of progress I can see every day, uh, then it's gotten a lot easier. Nice. Yeah. But I think that resiliency, like you mentioned, is one of the biggest keys ever. Just mm -hmm. get those long-term goals. And for me, it looks like you have achieved already so much um, by the age of 30 and that you have that drive. And um, I'm going to read one quote that you also posted uh, a while ago from Matthew McConaughey about um, people wonder how to make it in life. First of kin with innate ability and a lot of hard work. Yes, but don't forget this theme, the undefined asterisk and intangible. Some call it juice, some call it magic. The genie is in the magic. The magic is in this theme. So what would you say is your juice slash steam slash magic? Because I love his book too. So I was excited to see that quote. Yeah. No, I love that quote. That book is so good, by the way. It's so good. You read Green Life? Yeah, I listened to it. It was amazing. I need to listen to it again because I feel like I just still not like grasp all of the beauty of that book and the message that he was able to put in there. And that the way that he was also telling stories was amazing. And then at the same time, there was like such a like awesome other narrative that was about like almost like the philosophy of life that I don't know, I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah, I loved it. I was constantly writing down quotes, like, yeah, I'm probably um, my magic or juice in life. Uh, I would say a lot of it is the things I've overcome. Um, and I think there's been a lot of challenges in my life, um, or adversities. And each time I was able to overcome one of those, I, I grew a lot, but my perspective of my abilities and potential in this life also expanded and i realized yeah. oh wow i'm like i'm capable of so much more um so like overcoming the passing of my sister and then overcoming the difficulties of playing overseas um getting through a private fire academy and i finished as top recruit and then getting through a uh, departments fire academy and finishing as class leader again and each time I um, just like climbed that ladder um, I could see even more um, and yeah so I think it, it really is uh, all the challenges and adversities you face in life that give you your edge <laughs> or your yeah or the magic yeah yeah it makes perfect sense um do you think that for you like overcoming those challenges has basically like sharpened that same quality about you or has it been more like versatile understanding of different qualities each time um i think both actually so i think uh, for example, going into firefighting was like stepping into another world. Like, just, I've never, it's very paramilitary. Um, 
You have to have a lot of mechanical understanding, work with tools. I grew up doing some of that, but I had to learn so much super fast. And through that, though, I was able to take what I learned in that arena and then apply it directly to, say, beach volleyball. Um, Interesting. Yes. So it's been really cool because I feel like through the versatility of my life and by trying different things, like I love trying different sports right now. I love going and doing jujitsu or boxing um, because I'm able to learn so much from that and then translate it into volleyball, which is, I know, my primary goal and ambition um, that I wouldn't otherwise uh, have ever discovered or recognized um so it just gives me gives you give me an entirely like different perspective and an edge i don't know how to explain it um but also i feel like uh things that i know strengths are things that were already there can be further embellished or strengthened i guess yeah because I, I always wonder that if the if it is because also like the the challenges that you had actually had to overcome too they're different but they're big ones and then if I think about myself and the challenges that I have had in my life I feel like there's a, like a big certain theme that just keeps coming and like I just keep like evolving around that theme and for me it has been a lot about learning and just like that's kind of like the one word that I now summarize everything in but it's just like it's such a huge concept for me but like for me that learning is something that I can count on myself no matter what even if I like my body is not like functioning anymore the way that it used to that I could like count on it I can still count on my ability to learn something from that situation and then applying those when I move on again from something no matter how hard it is in that moment and that has been like saved me in some ways from those like darker periods where like I could drop pretty deep and then I can just keep myself above the surface in those moments yes yeah okay and then given your drive and ambitiousness and like wanting to get those results and everything and because you also get results and now if you think about beach volleyball and finding the people that have similar drive that can match with that how do you figure out if people have it because then you also want to surround yourself with similar kind of people right yeah so how do you how do you balance that um you can see it like I'm pretty I'm pretty good at reading people now and uh it does take I think a, a little bit of time um like I don't think a single impression is enough to get an accurate uh read on someone but uh what I really look for is how a partner communicates um eye contact, body language, um, but even more than that, how they handle failure uh, on the court. So if they make a mistake or uh, I make a mistake, um, just what follows from that, um, I think you can get uh, a lot of information out of that dynamic and then competing as well there's a lot of pressures that come with competition um, that are different than training and ultimately we all want to win <laughs> we all want to be successful um, and you're going to battle with this partner on the court it's just two of you um, it's a very unique relationship um, so in the heat of the moment um a lot of times one partner is getting targeted uh with uh serves for example on serve receive <laughs> and uh say my partner is getting served and we're having a hard time siding out how they handle that 
whether we win or lose is more important to me than any anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen players kind of crumble in that moment um, or uh, just mentally check out or they start getting frustrated with their partner kind of playing the blame game yeah. uh, or they get scared and kind of like back down, get quiet. Or there's partners I've played with who lean in and they're like, yeah, let's go. Like, keep serving me. We'll figure this out. And each point they come back with um, that level of uh, tenacity and um, yeah, they're just not afraid. And that to me, I'm like, okay, I want to play with you. I don't care Mm -hmm. how it ends up. I just want to be on the court with someone who is willing to battle and give their best um, and stay in it. So that I think is the most important thing to me. But yeah, long story short, um, a lot of it I think comes down to uh, seeing how they handle losing or failure. Hey, let's take a 60-second th- break from this episode because if you want to do better in your sport but find it challenging to block out the distractions, maybe handle the pressure, or stay focused on what truly matters, <clears throat> the present moment, not other people's opinions, or the previous rally, or what you're going to eat later tonight. If any of that sounded like you, I've got something for you. I want to give you an exclusive training session that I did this fall, and you'll be learning how to silence the external noise and laser focus on what's important, you and your performance. So I will be diving into the techniques that will allow you to improve your mental focus and resiliency so you can be more consistent. Because isn't that the dream? If I could just perform at a better level more consistently? Well, improving your focus is such a big part of that, so don't miss out on this opportunity. Go grab the free training through the link in the show notes, or you can also go to the website bit.ly forward slash athlete focus. So it's bit.ly forward slash athlete focus. See you there. Yeah, well said. So do you also look for similar qualities in a partner? Or like overall, if you're gathering like a staff around you that would have a similar way of looking life and that same or similar like ambition and drive that you have? Or are you trying to like balance it with different kind of qualities? How do you go about that? It's interesting because there's been, I'm still figuring out this whole partner game um and there's times where there's been players who i think i would play really well with and i test it out and i'm like huh we don't really gel out and then there's others that i wouldn't have thought of at all and we test it out and i'm like mind blown it Mm i i know the connection is really good so i think it's important to keep your mind open and uh try things with with different partners um i do appreciate a similar communication style i like to um i'm like very open and i like to communicate a lot um and then so it's nice when my partner is on the same level um and i also like to have a good time so i kind of will joke around um i don't know just like crack jokes. <laughs> yeah. Take it super seriously. Um, so yeah, I think communication is big for me, but honestly, I could also play, I'm at the point where I could play with someone who's pretty different too. I think people have different needs and different styles. And if I, if we play well together and, um, their court persona is different than mine that's okay like yeah i'm okay with it um a lot of it i think it's just having that um understanding and uh yeah i guess it always comes down to communication um Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. And I think you said well about that connection. It like whenever you play a beach volleyball and sometimes if there are those people that you feel like this should match very well, but then it just doesn't. It's not working the way they were kind of like maybe having that expectation that for that to work that way. Um and so I would almost um like I would say that in for you oh my god, for you, the connection is actually pretty important in beach volleyball. Yeah. But then then there also are teams that are kind of like, no, it doesn't matter as much like, are we coming along? It's just very much about that result and that we should match together. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's interesting. I'm kind of a, I, I have this theory that I could play well with anyone. And a lot of, like, all of it comes down to uh figuring each other out as partners okay like what do you need what's your communication style and then also putting in the time because i think a lot of uh players uh will step on the court with someone and it feels awkward and not not flowing and they're like oh we're not we're not good together well of course you're not because it's like your first time stepping on the court so any good connection really does take a lot of um to develop uh so just on that note i think uh remembering that it's going to take time is important so yeah don't expect it to feel good immediately um yeah awesome yeah the patience yeah and then do you have a purpose do i have a purpose um Yes, I've like written about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think right my overall overall purpose is to inspire and empower others to achieve their own natural greatness and to go for their dreams, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us are afraid to do so and uh we get comfortable in life. Um, but I think if you keep taking those risks and going after what you really want, uh, that's where uh, you just find the greatest joy and continue to realize your full potential. That mm-hmm. My hope is just to continue to uh, inspire people to yeah, to realize their full potential and whatever they're pursuing, uh, men and women alike. But I think I definitely do have a um, special place in my heart, I think, for uh, young females um, because we are, I mean, there is a lot of um, evolution in the right direction, I think, with society, but... Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, young females do uh, struggle, I think, feeling uh, like they can, I don't know, do all the great things they want to do, whether it's in sport, business, or politics. Um, all of those industries are male-dominant. So firefighting for example it's like three percent female and that's one of the reasons why i wanted to do it because i wanted to see to i don't know, make a statement like we can do it too <laughs> yeah was it ever hard because of the male dominance of the field did that make it harder for you or was it all the time almost like an inspiration or like a drive when you were in that academy and training uh, it was an inspiration and drive. And honestly, a lot of the, the guys in the field are just fired up to see a female who can do the job too. So um, I got a lot of support and encouragement. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's aspects that are challenging because um, yeah. there's a lot of different personalities and not everyone is... Uh, supportive i guess and there's some some people who are just um mentally living in a box (laughs) yeah they don't have they don't have very broad perspectives so um 
you always have to learn how to deal with um, those kinds of people. But for the main part, um, for me, it was always a positive driving force being being one of the few females. Yeah. And I think it is, it's awesome that the guys are actually fired up for the females who actually are entering the field. Um, oh, yeah. I love that. Well, if you're if you're capable, um, they're stoked because um, they yeah they just want to see females who can't do the job. Unfortunately, there are some females who get through who uh, I know departments will try to hit quotas or something, and uh, mm. they can't uh, do the job that well. So that honestly creates more of a of the i know it furthers the stigma <laughs> it does not help um mm-hmm. so yeah if if you are qualified and capable they're fired up for it yeah and i was wondering if that then like you having that purpose of inspiring also um people overall about female athletes is something that brings your goals more into alignment and how do you know if you're aligned how that feels for you oh you can tell um i wait i think one of the biggest things is i wake up every morning just like excited to tackle the day if you wake up excited to get out of bed you know you're doing it right um and you just I just feel like all my choices and actions and decisions are all in alignment with my true self and who I really want to be, which is really hard because you have to take out all external factors and people and um, what you feel like other people might need to do um so it's it takes i think really knowing your yourself and what you value um and what your own purpose is and not being afraid to make those decisions and go in that direction and you can yeah you i can just feel it um yeah well said i um yeah, alignment is such a like big concept. It's hard to understand. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there is that knowing that when you are aligned. Yes. Yeah. You, I mean, it's like if you're dating someone, <laughs> you know, who you know is like not the right person for you. You can just feel it in your gut. And so it's like, it's similar, I think. If you're living your life, what you're doing is not the right thing for you, you can feel it. Um, So, and then when you make the right decision and get back on course, it all just like, it's like a big mental clarity and you can just Mm -hmm. see see everything again. Yeah, Uh, so well described. And then uh, you just mentioned something about like knowing your true self, so hard question. How did you find your true self or what that is for you? That's funny. Um, Because some people say like you're born knowing your true self. And then as you live um, life, like society and environment and everything kind of pollutes it. but I think it's actually like through living and through experience that I figure out my true self. Uh, a lot of it, I do do like meditation and um, I know, time by myself and nature. And I think that's really important um, to be alone with your own thoughts and uh, have that kind of awareness and time to step back and look at where you are in your life and uh, all your different experiences, how you handled things. Um, But yeah, I think it's actually like through living and all the different things thrown at me that I'm able to 
realize or hone in more on who my true self really is. That's awesome. That's such a hard question to answer. Yeah. I'm impressed by your answer that you were able to articulate it so well. Um, and then I have a couple more questions. And you mentioned that you also do journaling and walks and stuff. Um, but how is your mental routine like? Um, for the most part, uh, so in the night, or I guess at night before I go to bed, um, I'll sit down and I'll plan out the next day. So I'll write out uh, in time chunks, like if I have practice, uh, I'll write it what time I'm waking up. So I'm like, okay, 6 a.m. wake up from 6 to 8. I'm doing this, 8 to 10, volleyball practice. And right then I'll set intentions for practice too. So like, okay, these are three things I'm going to focus on. Um, this is how it's going to go. Uh, and then I will just continue mapping out the whole day like that in time chunks. Um and while I'm doing that, though, I'll set intentions and kind of I'll be um, manifesting to in a way. So yeah. um, if I have like a workout in the gym, I'll say I'm going to set a new PR in this and this. I love it. At this number. Yeah. So um, just mentally like planning those seeds. And then... Um, I will also list three to six things that I want to accomplish because I have like, I usually have one long to-do list, but it's impossible to get all of it done. Um, so in order, I'll write down uh, six things to get done um, and then go to sleep, wake up and it's not... Day to day, it does vary a little bit, my morning routine. Sometimes I have more time in the morning. So I will, um, I like to read a lot in the morning. So I feel like the first thing you read, you kind of program or set up your mind for the day. And I found that uh, reading a good book just like starts me off in a really good direction. And end up having a great day just because it opens up my mind um, to some empowering ideas or just things I haven't even thought of before. Uh, and I'll also I'll write usually in the morning um, or meditate. And then uh, throughout the day, I write a lot. So I have a notebook that I carry with me and I'll just write stuff down as it comes to me, um, I have notes in my phone. So for volleyball practices, uh, after every practice, I, I film and I'll watch practice and write out notes of things I did well, things I want to improve on. Um, so it's really useful because I can, every day I can go back and see like, okay, this is where, where I am. Um, and it helps me set my intentions for the next practice. Um, the same thing with just like overall body mechanics and um, movement. So when I'm in the gym, if I'm doing something, I have like a whole list of notes on my phone uh, just for like, I call them body notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I do some type of recovery every day, uh, sauna, cryotherapy. Um, I just started doing some red light therapy. I also just love jumping in the ocean. I feel like that's really good for grounding. Um, and it's cold therapy at the same time too. Um, so I'll usually blend those with like breath work or meditation mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That's but a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. My whole day is pretty much um, full of uh, jotting things down um, and planning things, planning out how it can. That's a full on commitment. Like I admire also that the 
commitment is there, but also the consistency of those actions. So it's not just like sporadic thing that you tried once or twice and then uh, just keep going. But you said also that you had notebooks from years and years back. Mm-hmm. in something that has consistently been part of your life and then seeing what you're achieving, I will not doubt at all that it's also because of all of those habits that are such a big part of it. You know what's really fun? Um, I will pull out a notebook and read something. And for example, it will say, um, I'm going to finish at the top of my fire academy by the end of this year. And then I went out and did it. And so I can go back and read through these notebooks and I'll just like state what I'm going to do and then map out how I'm going to do it and then put that plan into action. And I'm like, oh my God, I can do anything. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I I feel when I go back and read them. It's just kind of mind-blowing. So I think the power of writing things down is enormous um and then even more than that um in stating just your daily habits then what you're gonna do to get and then yeah. it's just gonna happen yeah yeah that's awesome i feel like a lot of people are a little bit clueless about like where their time actually goes per day and how much of that is actually just like reacting to the external environment rather than taking control of the things that they want to achieve and where they are going. And I feel like you don't have any of that. It's like very intentional, like what are you doing at like each time block of the day? Um, yeah. I absolutely love it. I <laughs> absolutely just love it. It really, it's hard to to see how what you're doing now is really going to permeate and then transgress into the future but it really is just all the little moments every single day that add up over time and get you there and so when you can see that it makes it it's exciting for me I'm like I take like great joy in everything I do every day and all the little bits of work because I know it's getting me where I want to go um yeah yeah, so inspiring. And then we also had a question about the true self topic. Um, that does your true self change if it's a product of your life experiences? It might. Um, yes and no. I think. I think your true self remains the same overall, but our understanding of it changes. Um, and there's times where I've thought that I should go in this direction and it ends up um, not being where I should have gone but I wouldn't have known otherwise if I hadn't gone for it so one thing I've learned is there really is no such thing as wrong choices like you just have to make a decision and go for it and then if it's through that whole process you learn about yourself and then you're like oh this isn't this isn't right, then you pivot and you go somewhere else. But if you hadn't gone for it, you wouldn't have known that that's not what's right for you. So you really just have to like charge and make make decisions and go with it and not be afraid to um, change and uh, pivot, I guess. Like there's no shame in that. So um you're always allowed to change your mind yeah that's awesome i feel like that was also or could be something that would help so many people with feeling like a failure that like there's no necessarily wrong choices like it's all just like guiding you to birth else so forget the feeling of like oh my god i made such a big mistake and now i'm a failure um when he was like just showing like no that wasn't your thing or maybe you were not supposed to go down that road. Or maybe you were supposed to, but now that opened your eyes into the different door that was open next to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm already one hour done. So one last question. Um, what are the most common struggles that you see athletes having in the professional world? Um, 
think finances. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to make it work financially. And um, if you want to be, if you want to be the best, you can't be working another job. Honestly, it's like it's a full um, commitment, and it's a job in itself. Um, everything we do as a professional athlete. So I think it's really challenging um, in sports where the money isn't there to um, just to make it. And it's sad because I think there's a lot of really talented athletes who have potential to be um, great, but they fall off at some point because the resources weren't there. They just couldn't, couldn't make it happen financially yeah um so yeah that's sad um and then also the business side of professional sports so um that's something i have really been working on and learned to embrace is that uh if you do want to make it in these um smaller sports I don't know if you'd say beach volleyball is long, but like it's not like NBA or NFL where you get like huge contracts. Um, you have to approach it um, from a business standpoint as well and get really good with social media. Um, and I coach, a lot of us will coach players. Um, you just have to embrace that standpoint and learn how to put yourself out there you have to learn how to talk to companies um how to promote yourself um so i think embracing the whole business side of it is definitely uh a challenge yeah Um, yeah what else yeah i mean there's a lot of different challenges yeah yeah, that's a, those are a couple ones. No, but that is such a big one, especially like in yeah beach volleyball or overall, I think in volleyball as well. It's not that like people make like a, a lot of money doing it, especially in the beginning when again, like we're coming back to the patience of knowing like someday it might actually pay off, but you need to be fine if it's not either paying off necessarily the way that hoping. Um, and what do you do yourself to navigate that? Um, so... When I was playing indoor, I actually, that's a lot more lucrative because um, I would sign contracts with teams overseas. So I saved a lot of the money. And then um, firefighting, I went into and uh, made a little bit there. And then right now, I'm just about breaking even by doing like little coaching gigs, um, playing in tournaments. So definitely not... Um, definitely not making money. Like it's not uh, <laughs> a career, I guess. <laughs> um, but I have faith. Like I want to see how this year goes. It's again, it's like a patience thing. So mm-hmm. you have to be smart about it. And I have been, I think, up to this point. And um, so I'm in like a decent spot. But now I have to go out. Uh, in this season and really work on getting some sponsors, which I've been doing. And then also when <laughs> so yeah, that is really cool. Um, and that, I mean, you only see, I think like the top, uh, I know the top few competitors in, in both the male and female side actually make money um, throughout a volleyball season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for this. I want to respect your time, but if there's anything that you feel like we didn't touch on yet that you want to, I don't know, maybe you wish that athletes or humans would focus more on the world, anything like that, um, please share, um, kind of like the last thoughts or messages. Last thought, um, you know, just whatever you're doing, Every day show up fully and uh, spread the love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That was 
that was good. That was awesome to end that with yep. that one. Um, so thank you seriously so much for making this happen. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Aspiring High Performance Podcast. I hope you found today's conversation as inspiring as I did. And remember that achieving more doesn't have to come at the expense of your well-being or happiness anymore. And before we part ways, I want to share two important things with you. If today's conversation resonated with you, if it reinforced that thought of what could be possible for you, then consider becoming part of the community. So please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback really means the world to me and it does help me to continue bringing valuable content that you want to listen to. And secondly, as we venture forward on this journey, I invite you to join my exclusive email list where I share the written versions of high performance nuggets that help you achieve more with less stress and worry, absolutely free of charge. You will find a community of like-minded individuals all driven by similar dreams and desires as you will see if you join, for example, some of the virtual breathwork sessions or my monthly membership later on. And together, we can make reaching that next level a little bit easier when we are surrounded by support and shared aspirations. So lastly, thank you so, so much for tuning in and being part of today's episode. So until next time, stay driven and go master the day because you might just be closer to your goals than you think.